Welcome to the VO School podcast, dedicated to the art, craft, and business of voiceover. Each week builds upon the last to give you a comprehensive understanding of a career in VO. My name's Jamie Muffet. I'm a full-time voice talent and audio engineer, and I'll be joined by some of the industry's top professionals on both sides of the microphone to drill down and dig up the truth. Hello, welcome to episode six of the VO School podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you to everyone that's listened so far. It's been very rewarding receiving all the messages and likes and things like that. So uh, I'm going to keep doing it because it's a real ego massage. (laughs) Um, So we have two amazing guests today and we're talking about demos, everything to do with demos, demo creation, uh, where do you go to get them? and what should be in them and all that stuff also some uh, quite amusing anecdotes from both of our guests <laughs> so uh, look forward to that uh, but before we get there let's uh, do a little bit of housekeeping um you can connect with us on facebook and the address for that is facebook.com groups slash vo school podcast and as i said in a previous episode i'm trying to add all the guests from the podcast into that group as we go So if you have a burning question from the episode, you can post it in that group and hopefully uh, I'll encourage the the guests to answer that. Um, And you've got access to everyone who's been on the podcast as well. Plus, it's a place for discussion. Um, We're starting off small. I'm growing this uh, fairly uh, organically. So, um, you know, it's not uh, crowded, but I've labeled the... Everyone who's coming in for the first few weeks, few few months here, Team Alpha. So uh, if you want to join Team Alpha, uh, connect on there. (laughs) Uh, We're also on Twitter, at VOSchoolPro. So anyway, let's get on with the show. Our two guests today, Terry Daniel and J. Michael Collins. Uh, You are familiar with J. Michael Collins because he is a sponsor of the show. And he is a demo producer. And so he was the perfect person to get on this episode. And Terry Daniel, who is also a demo producer, They are also both coaches. And um, as you'll hear in the episode, being a coach is a prerequisite of being a demo producer and they are very intertwined. So that's an interesting um, thing to take away from this and thing to note as you listen. Uh, So anyway, let's get on with the show. After our message from J. Michael, we'll speak to J. Michael (laughs) and Terry. Style. Power. The home of the NFL. The all-new iPhone. Reserve your Disney World season pass now. Through all the runny noses, three in the morning coughs. An all-new American crime story, tonight on FX. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins, and these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Terry Daniel is a 20-year voiceover industry veteran. He's a voice actor, instructor, speaker, and social media marketing expert. He has become one of the most recognized and respected American voice talents as a result of his association with corporations, businesses, and nationally recognized voiceover organizations. A respected industry commentator, Terry's voice work includes commercials, e-learning narrations, theme park announcements, audiobooks, and various business projects. 
With over 20 years as a professional voiceover artist, J. Michael Collins has worked with some of the biggest companies, brands, sports leagues and organizations on the planet. In addition to his work in the classic agency-based world of VO, J. Michael has established himself as a leading voice in the online casting marketplace and is an in-demand talent coach and demo producer. He was the winner of the 2016 Voice Arts Awards for Outstanding Radio Commercial, Outstanding Political Announcement, and was the producer of 2016's Outstanding Narration Demo. Here's our interview with Terry Daniel and J. Michael Collins. Okay, so today we are joined by J. Michael Collins and Terry Daniel. So hello, both of you. Hello. Good morning, everybody, from beautiful, balmy prison. I mean, <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pr prison might seem a little warmer mid-January, so I'll do my best to get there. No, I'm kidding. Thank you, Jamie, for having us on. Oh, it's a pleasure, and thank you for joining us from your prison cell, which is, sounds <laughs> remarkably good. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about you guys know this, but they have great Wi-Fi here in the Stillwater right, State yeah, Prison. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> How do you deal with those reflections? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's going to be a hard room to treat. I would. Exactly. Oh, I got. I got. I got. Yeah, I got a travel rig. They let me bring in an Apogee mic, and it's uh, it uh, it works out really well. Well, when you when you when you're in one of those padded cells, it works really well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, we're off to a wow. good start. <laughs> well, and 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 from from beautiful Luxembourg. Hello, everybody. It's Jay Michael. <laughs> yes, yes. So, what what is the weather like in Luxembourg this time of year? Is it snowy? Is it? It's it's no, it's not snowy. It's about uh, again highs in the the upper fifties, lows in the forties, and nice. uh, starting to get into that winter pattern where it just rains for about six months. Right. And you uh, you're uh, spanning the globe anyway, aren't you, Jay Michael? I'm often seeing I, I, you traveling I, around. I tend to feel my wings on a fairly frequent basis. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so today we are talking about everything to do with demos. So I want to kick off um, and speak very broadly about what does a demo do? Well, how does it uh, help your career and what does it do for you as a voice talent? I think we can both. I think we can all agree that it's you know it's 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 the equivalent of you know an on-camera actor or even a model who needs to get a professional headshot. You know, nobody would ever want to record their own demo. It would be the equivalent of somebody extending their iPhone and taking a selfie and then submitting that to agencies and saying, oh, I want to do on-camera work. Yeah. So, you know, a demo is obviously going to be very, very important if you're passionate about moving your career forward, you know, with every clip sounding. And even if you're brand new, you know, every clip on the demo, as, as we can all agree here, needs to sound like it's an actual production of some kind, mm -hmm. a real commercial or a real narration. And... uh me specifically, and I know Jay Michael's the same way, but it's almost like we're painters. We're very meticulous in nature about our precious art form. Mm. So for me, I'm constantly messing around with my quote unquote painting until I really hear something that's like agency ready. Right. You know, and sometimes I take forever because I'm such a perfectionist. <laughs> sometimes I'll even delete the whole thing and start over again when it comes to the production and the mixing and mastering. But it's so important, especially with how competitive things are these days, to to really have something that that is really a one professional. Right. Amen. And and the thing is, it's it's your calling card. Um, yeah. You know, these days the demo 
has two primary purposes, and one is for your own marketing efforts and also your marketing efforts to agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to be picked up by a major agent or even a minor agent, you have to have a demo that is world-class because the people that are submitting to these agencies on a daily basis, the ones who are going to be picked up, the ones who are competitive, have demos that have been professionally produced. They're demos that have been, as Terry said, lovingly attended to. Uh, you know, and, and we, we are like artists. We do. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to every little nuance of your read when I'm pulling down the selects. And I think Terry's probably yep. the same way when, you know, when we do a, a demo session with somebody, we don't, you know, you don't do two reads and okay, that's great. Um, we're going to push you. We're going to, we're going to make sure we get that read out of you. That's just right. Uh, and uh, if we don't, we're going to bring you back in <laughs> later when we go yeah. back and listen. But Sometimes we uh, have to do that. No, but the the quality matters so much because uh, you know if if you're going up for the big agents, all the agents receive garbage demos on a regular basis, but they receive lots of very very good demos. And mm. yours has to be just a cut above the rest in order to get one of those very very uh, precious roster spots, especially in the New York and L.A. markets. And then if you're doing your own marketing, um, you know your demo again is this is this is like your business card. It's like your elevator pitch. It's what you are presenting to the buyer saying, this is who I am, this is what I can do, and this is what I have to offer. And you've got those first eight, nine, ten seconds that they're going to listen to it that they need to just say, wow, and they yeah. want to keep listening through the whole thing. So it's mm. got to be on point from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, when people come to your website and find you, um, they they want you, you want them to stay there. You want them to be drawn in and to listen to more so that they're then engaged and they want to reach out and hire you. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's always, you know, there's always myths out there. Well, you only need a professional demo if you're going to try to get on an agency roster, which I think is BS because I get producers asking me all the time for my demo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not just for talent agents. This is representing yourself like a calling card, like J. Michael said. And, you know, it's interesting because demos are just getting shorter and shorter all the time. Now there's agencies that want like less than 60 seconds. I remember when I think I did my first one. This is going to date me in like 1989. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, where I think I, I had everything on a cassette, you know, three minutes long, you know, anything from a theme park announcement to an industrial narration to a commercial to an on hold message yeah. to a quote unquote book on tape, as we call it back then. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the way it was. It's what it felt way back when. And now everything's just very, yeah, very niche back, based. Back then it was all account. Terry, I think you and I are probably both from the the same school that our first demo reels actually were reels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked with reel and reel to reel and radio, but my first uh, demo was obviously one where I didn't know any better. So of course I I tried to do it myself and fell flat on my face. As uh, you know, as we always try to tell people that if you're yeah. really passionate about doing this, just don't. I mean, wh- why? What you're wasting your time. You're wasting everybody's time yeah, by right. trying to do something yourself. But. It was fun. Uh, I do kind of miss sending the cassettes out in a beautiful little package along with a dozen roses, a box of chocolate, <laughs> you know, and really dressing it up to impress the agent. You could put all this this stuff in the, the, the envelope to make it kind of stick out. I do kind of miss, and I do mean uh, kind of. Uh, the whole present, the the whole snail mail presentation that we always seem to come up with back then. Well, there are a, ca- a few agencies I've I've noticed around the country that still 
take uh, physical submissions. So there are a hand, uh, yeah, there are a handful. But you know, one one of the other things, and Terry knows this. That you guys know that my position and um, you know interest in online casting sites has evolved over the years. But there are mm-hmm. still some out there that, like Badalgo and Voice One Two Three, for that matter, where you can go and not have a middleman taking money, and you can get a reasonable experience. And yeah. uh, you know, your demo on those sites. Something a lot of people don't know about the online casting sites is that about half of the work that's being hired through these sites is being hired through search. And what are they searching? They're searching demo categories more than anything else. So, you know, you're going up against some very premium talent on these sites, and you need to have a demo that's competitive because when you're found in search, you you get that same 8, 10, 15 seconds that an agent gives you. And then, you know, again, if you draw them in, they'll listen to the whole thing. Um, But you've got to get their attention, so they need to know it's pro right off the bat if you want to get those private invites, which are often the very best jobs you'll find on the online sites. So you were talking there about the finished article, as in creating your demo and uh, putting that out into the world. But this first few uh, podcast episodes here, we're dealing with people right at the start of their career. So I want to talk now a little bit about when do you get your first demo and what does that process look like? Well, in my opinion, it's a long process. It's not medical school, but it's it's all about the coaching. Mm. Coaching, coaching, coaching for as long as it takes. Uh, I don't want to bash any competition around the country, um, but I do know that there's companies around the company where everybody has the same amount of coaching sessions. Everyone's reading from the same scripts. Right. And there, there's no individuality at all. There's no branding whatsoever. Everybody is more, you know, taken in as a number, and it's not right. Mm. Uh, I like to work. That, that that doesn't happen in our business, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I like to work, and I think Jay, my, we probably, you know, we do things. I think the, the same way, and we like to work with people until they're ready for the demo. And sometimes that can take up to a year. You know, it's yeah. not going to be twelve years like medical school or something like that. I hope not, anyway. But uh, it's not like, you know, you go to a Saturday. Uh, you know, conference and suddenly Monday morning, you're ready to do a demo. I mean, that's just mm. complete absurdity. So I like to, to work with people until they're, they're damn ready to do the demo. And sometimes, you know, there'll be a specialty that'll come out that you're not even aware that you're even good at. You know, there's a lot of what's, what's the beauty of this process is there uh, a lot of times there's even a surprise. You know, I had no idea that my niche would be e-learning and theme park announcements. Whoever saw that coming, I wanted to do what everybody else did 20 years ago. I want to do a cartoon voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be Captain Character Cartoon, you know, who doesn't? Or movie trailer guy. I mean, we all kind of have those kinds of ambitions when we uh, first get started. But, uh, you know, I never knew that I'd be doing like technical narration and doing theme park announcements for amusement parks and, and everything like that. So, yeah. Getting back to your to your question, it's just, you know, working with that, being more of a mentor. I don't mind the word coach, but I, you know, to me, especially in this era of voiceover, I like using the word mentor a little bit better because yeah. uh, it, 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 it takes the pressure off of having to, like, get through, like, a coaching program by a certain date or some ridiculous deadline that's going to put tension on both parties. Right. Work with the person until they're damn ready to do the demo. Some people will take four to six months. Some people take a year, you know, you just have to be ready to work as hard as you can for as long as you can. Yeah. 
and I and I think the you know the demo is the end of a process, not the beginning of the process. Right. And I, I think there are too yeah. many people who you know if you, you again Terry and I aren't here to bash any competition, but I'll tell you one big red flag if somebody says, hey, you know, come to a seminar for a weekend and uh, we'll do your demo at the end of it, and you'll have yeah. that and be ready to go. That's that's a big warning sign, okay? Because you're if you especially yeah. if you're new to the business, um, you know, you're you're not ready. You're not ready to make something that's going to be competitive. You don't understand the nuance and the subtlety that separates somebody who's dead on arrival in an audition from somebody who is shortlistable from the person who actually books the job. And yeah. those are very distinct levels. So, uh, you know, I am I tend to prefer working with people who are probably a little bit closer to being demo-ready. If I have a new talent who comes in who's just, you know, is for me going to be a year process, that's something that I will usually farm out to somebody else, um, Mm -hmm. simply because my business model doesn't allow me to emphasize coaching uh, as much. But, um, you know, if if, if somebody's bringing you in and saying, you know, you're brand new to the business, so let's do two sessions and get you a demo, that's really (laughs) something to be alarmed about. Yes. And unfortunately, there is a lot of that out there, and you just have to, it's like any other business, you know, you really just have to do your research carefully. You know, there's books out there that are going to make this sound really easy. Like you're going to like, you know, you're going to fall asleep and wake up in the morning and somebody's going to knock on your door with a big bucket of money. That didn't happen (laughs) to you. Hey, man, I heard your voice is great, man. Everybody's talking about your voice. (laughs) You know, it's just, I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, it's like, I think, I mean, obviously, I think everybody and their second cousin has written a voiceover book these days, but (laughs) I mean, you really have to go through the process. Word of mouth. Word of mouth is, is, I mean, this business, I think more than any I've ever encountered, is a word of mouth business. And yeah. if you're going to pick a coach, if you're going to pick a demo producer or a mentor, as Terry said, um, it's not hard if you do your research and you talk to a, a wide selection of different people within the industry to figure out who has your best interests in mind and who doesn't. Yes. Um, because the ones who don't, that gets out there on the street very quickly. And the ones who are doing shoddy work, that gets out there on the street very quickly. So talk to people. Those of us who you know care about what we do and care about you as a voice actor and care about the fact that we expect you will see return on your investment when you work with us – um, you talk to a hundred people. I, I, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Terry. Um, you know, and I and I hope the same is true about me. Yeah, I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, you that know, makes sense. That, that makes you got to watch the Brits, though. <laughs> We're always the evil ones. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can hold your liquor though. <laughs> Part of the reason I even got started in this was. Uh, cause you know, I, I did have new people that would call me up and it's, mm. it was kind of despicable cause they went and spent, you know, five, six grand on one of these, you know, demo mills as we like to call them in the industry. And, mm. you know, the demo mm-hmm. was horrible. I had somebody that called me up that was crying. I'm not even making that up. It was just oh, like, nice. oh my God, seriously. So, you know, I started taking kind of a handful of people here and there and started doing a little mentoring and he, uh, did some teaching back in the, th- in, back in my theater days, you know, did a lot of coaching back then and a lot of improv and, and different things like that. And I just got, I got kind of tired of people being kind of put on the wrong path. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I got into the whole coaching demo thing. And 
it's, you it's, have it. It's painful that you, when you when we see this. I just got back from Barcelona where I did my Euro th- retreat there, and one of the the very first session that we did with the people who were participating were current demo reviews. Now these are all people who are already working pros who have done demos in the past, and uh, you mm-hmm. know and we're doing demos for them as part of this, but. There inevitably, as we went around the room with ten different people and listened to their demos, um, there were a handful where I just had to look him in the eye and said, "Yeah, somebody got you on that right. one." And you know, I had I had one talent, and she had one demo that was a commercial demo from Chuck that was fantastic. And Chuck Duran always does top notch work, and it yeah. was just you know, it was perfect everything was national quality it was big league and then she had another one that was radio imaging that she got from some guy who you know put himself out there as an expert and and you know was was some local player and it i i i mean i almost it made her cry because I said I just you feel like I want to stop listening to it and you I can't believe that somebody somebody did this to you so uh, mm-hmm. those stories when we when 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 we encounter them um, it's just it's painful because you know they're not necessarily charging any less than we are and they're yeah. not giving you a product that's that's worthy of their name or your name and that proves that it can happen to anyone even established talent you know they can fall for yeah. it it's 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 hard to tell who is a is a legitimate producer of demos and who isn't. And one thing that I would probably want to add to that is that look at the body of work of the people who are producing the demos. You know, if, if they're any good, they'll have a list of previous clients and they'll, you know, they'll have yeah. been working in this for a while. Look, look for look for samples on the website. If you don't have, yeah. you know, samples up on the website, are you trying to hide something? I mean, right. <laughs> here's, exactly. here's our work. Listen I know, to that should it. Be, that should be the, yeah, that should be a no-brainer, but there's a lot of people that don't have them mm. on there. I'm like, so that's 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 a really good point. Yeah, I say, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like a VO saying, "Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a great voice actor, but I don't have a demo, so you know, take <laughs> take my me. word for it." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's talk about now the dangers of having a bad demo. What that can do for your career. Well, it happened to me when I f- did my first one myself. I mean, I had to beg uh, my local talent agent to at least take me in for a meeting after I wasted her time sending her this piece of. Sh- Wow. <laughs> you know, and it was just like they they really agents have an incredible memory for the bad right. stuff. I mean, ask Eric Shepard, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like if you really, really I mean, it's if you think about anything else that you would do. I mean, I'll go back to the reference of, of being an on camera talent or even a model. I mean, you're not going to take a selfie with your smartphone and send that to an agency. I'm sure people probably try to do it, but. You know, the agents have such an incredible memory for this horrible stuff. It's like sometimes you won't even get it, you know, a second chance. It's such a cliche in our business, but I have to use it anyway. This really is an industry where you get a lot of times one chance to make a good impression. And uh, especially, you know, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. If you want to be a step above what the agents are already getting, you know, sent in, you know, via MP3 or whatever. Uh, it's got to be a kick-ass demo. Mm. Well, if you're playing, I mean, that, that's such an important point because if you are going, you know, if you're if you're playing the union game, if you're going for the big California agents, the big LA and New York agents, um, everybody's good. 
Yeah. And yeah. everybody has a demo from one of the dozen or so top demo producers out there. I'm not going to throw names out there because I will inevitably leave somebody out and mm-hmm. piss somebody off. But <laughs> but, but everybody's got a, a quality demo. So now what is on yours, the scripting? How has that demo producer actually dialed in on who you are and brought out your best voice actor? Um, what makes you just a little bit better than, than everybody else? And, uh, you know, at that level, that, that's what the demo is doing for you. In terms of having a bad demo, what's the danger? Um, you know, like Terry said, first impressions are important. I cast. I hire three or four times a week for my own clients. And, mm. you know, I get people sending me demos all the time. Um, in my opinion, a mediocre demo isn't necessarily going to get you blackballed or be memorable for the person who's in the position of hiring, whether that's an agent or a casting director or just somebody like me uh, who does it for his own clients. Um mm. But a really bad demo definitely will because if you, yeah. if you make a, if you make an immediate negative impression or one that I want to actually pass around to my friends because it's so awful uh, and and have a laugh and I'm really not that mean spirited but we we you know we've been known to do things like that once or twice uh, you know then, then then you're in big trouble because then all then your name's on on our radar or you know, on a buyer's radar an agent's radar and if you submit again six months from now or a year from now maybe five years down the road they won't remember you but in the short term yeah you're you're gonna be in trouble and i mean how does that work do you do you actually have a list of people that you're like i'm not going to work with these people though it's a mental list right it's a mental list but i've got i mean i've had a few who have submitted demos that were so utterly unprofessional that um if they came back and you know they'd have a big hill to climb i like i said i'm i'm not you know there, there are people out there who just say no you get one chance and that's it i'm i'm not that hardcore but um if i remember you for being bad uh, <laughs> you've you've yeah. got a long, you got a long road to hoe, right? <laughs> so now I want to talk about let's let's flip this and get a bit more positive. <laughs> so what makes a good demo? Um, let's talk about all the characteristics that a good demo should have. Well, I, I, for me, the first thing is right now is scripting. Um, I'm, I I think what's happening right now is you've got about a dozen of us out there who, if you go to me or Terry and any of those other people who I'm not going to name to avoid irritating them, um, (laughs) you, you can be 100% positive that you're going to get top quality production and you're going to get an experience that is tuned into who you are and that's bespoke and that's personalized. That's important. So there are a lot of people, again, do your research, but there are a lot of us who can give you quality work. I think the arms race right now a little bit is in scripting. What can we do Mm. to make you rise above and stand out compared to the other people who are submitting demos to these agents and potential buyers? And for me, the line that I always like to use is that when I'm, and I do all the scripting myself, with the talents collaboration, I handwrite every script that goes into a demo. And one of the things I try to do, assuming that it is appropriate, but most of the time I find a way to make it appropriate, is to have at least one or two spots on whatever that demo is that are going to make the agent blow coffee out of their nose. Be- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, you know, I've I, seen that happen, and it's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a neat thing. But what I what I want, I mean, we did one with with a talent who, you know, the the first line on our demo commercial demo was did you just fart uh, and it was it, it was a, a, a Maylox commercial you know the they were beating the parents the boyfriend was there they were outside of the door and uh, you know it's it's I want I want the agent to take that thing into the the reception and play it and yeah. just 
be like, can you what? Huh? Can, <laughs> 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 you want you That'll you want you you want to get their intention and be memorable in a good way. And I think right now that's that's the big fight going on is can you have that little extra edge and mm. and be interesting enough um, to hold their attention because anybody can do a Mercedes commercial, right? You right. know. Yeah, the content. I agree. And I was happy to hear uh, J. Michael say that because we write all original scripts for our demos as well. And we don't go to a certain website out there and grab it from a, you know, a, a, a script page or anything like that, like a lot of people do. I like to we like to write scripts not only based on, on kind of what they're what they've learned and what their possible niche will be, but also based on, you know, some of their hobbies and interests as well. It really a demo really has to be more about them and less of the producer, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's And they've got it, you know, the clips on there have to sound, you know, like something they would actually be into, because I, I've noticed that I get more passion out of the performance when they read scripts of content that they're actually really into. You know, if it's a computer geek thing, or maybe they're into sports, or, you know, electronic devices, or whatever it will be. I mean, it's unbelievable. No matter how much coaching they've had, they tend to, it's, there. there's an excitement level there, and the focus is there if they have content that's not only original, but content that they're actually really into. It's amazing. Yeah. And when a, when a demo producer takes the time to ask you, you know, what companies, what brands do you do you like? Do you have an affinity for? Um, that it actually can inspire us to write better copy. Yeah. Because you know we have. I I, th- I think everybody comes from a different uh, you know life experience, and so we've all got certain brands in mind, certain angles in mind, certain you know just 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 the feel for different spots and different companies. But when you throw something at us that we don't necessarily think about on a daily basis, and then we do our research and go and find out about that brand and see why it appeals to you. We can write something that's going to, again, like Terry said, just come from the heart when it comes out of your mouth. And mm. buyers in this business, we know when it's coming from your heart as opposed to just being read off of a script. <laughs> yeah. And so if it's something that you really, really do have an affinity for, it's great. And the other question I always ask is what brands do you hate? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what, yes. what? Don't you? I, I, and I, I'm not going to name any of them because you know they may want to hire me at some yeah. point. But uh, <laughs> very wise. <laughs> so uh, presumably, both of you spend time researching what current campaigns look and sound like. That's part of your job. Yeah, I like I like to go to iSpot.tv and see what's out there, and and obviously just you know the the, the basic common sense stuff is you know mm. find out what's on television and on the radio. Hopefully. J. Michael and myself are on most of those spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, it would be nice, right? But it's, it's nice, you know, and that's, it's going, I don't want to go back to the bad demo stuff, but when I hear a bad demo, when somebody sends me something to review, you know, the music can sound really outdated yes. or they have copy in there that's the 1994 Audi, <laughs> you know, or some, something like that. It's like, oh, so you haven't worked since 1994. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> um, but music, I think, is is, is a really important uh, yeah. attribute to to demo production too, because there there <laughs> just like there's you know there's awesome stuff out there online and there's crappy stuff online mm-hmm. because there's yep. really crappy royalty free music that's out there online too. So you know we as demo producers have to make sure that we've got uh, some pretty good hip stuff. You know, unless it is something kind of nostalgic and we want it to sound like something from 1982 or 1965, but. Right. Uh, I think that part of the production, especially on like a commercial demo, is really important. 
And I will say, and Terry, maybe you, you can chime in whether you agree with me on this, but um, I think it's also important while we do our research and we look at c- current campaigns, you don't want to mimic anything that's that's out no, there. You don't no, you don't want to have something that is too on the nose. You want to have something that is in the spirit of what the campaigns are. But if you right, wanna, what, like like using it as a reference, yeah, kind of. I mean, know? one of the poison mm-hmm. pills, especially with a lot of casting directors out there, is if you've got something on your demo that's an absolute knockoff of a of a real spot. That's you know, and I, I right, hear people. Right. I've heard people with pretty well produced demos, but who have gone down that road. And uh, you know, the first thing we think, well, well, no, you didn't actually voice that. Yeah. It's not a good impression. Well, and then a lot of people that try to do their own do that a lot. They'll just pick commercials that they're hearing in current campaigns, and then they'll post it on social media. Hey, what do you guys think of this? Well, I know that you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you will forever be compared against that top right. national level right. talent who did book right. it, which, you know, it's like doing a football tryout and, you know, standing next to Tom Brady and saying, well, you know, I think I can do that. Uh, yeah, you, but you don't want to do it next to Tom. Yeah. And presumably then, so we're we're talking about here crafting demos from scratch, not using existing work that you've done. Because, well, let's talk about why you would do that. Well, it goes back to, you know, maybe it's a cheesy analogy. I don't know, but it goes back to my painter analogy. They're going to start with a big, giant, white piece of paper. Mm. Um, And that's pretty much starting from scratch, starting with the imagination and creating something that's going to be amazing. Um. But, I mean, J. J. Michael, it sounds like J. Michael probably works with people maybe with just a little more experience. But, you know, I, I do work with, with you know, newbies who, A, have talent, and mm. B, are really passionate. Um, so a lot of times I am starting from scratch mm. with a particular talent. And but, it could be a mixture as well, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it does, it, you know, it's, it's, it's planting the seed and, and it's just starting from scratch. And I try to come up with... You know, at the very end, five or six clips that sound like an actual commercial and not not copycat stuff like we talked about mm-hmm. a couple seconds ago, but, you know, equaling about 60 seconds, which we all know is, is pretty agency standard. Although I think in about five years from now, uh, agents are going to want a two-second oh. demo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, I, the attention span thing, it is one of my oh, bans yeah, it's of just, my it's existence. It's decreasing yeah. every year. Well, you know, it really, it's it really just, is. We, so. We've started doing these now because, I mean, you've seen the six-second commercial now is becoming a thing. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now I'm, yeah. we've started producing six-second commercial demos, which are frankly amazing, but it's still a little bit like a demo in a blender. You know? it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And you don't mean six seconds in its entirety. You mean six-second no, spots, it's right? 60 <laughs> seconds it's 10 10 11 spots depending on how the production goes but right. um you know but this is the thing now they're getting this has been a thing in in um you know all, pre-roll and web ads for the last year or so and now it's starting to get onto national tv the nfl's running them um during games you know and it's it's because this apparently is the maximum amount of time people want to spend watching a commercial well um, it's right. youtube and online yeah. stuff where it's like okay your video will start in seven right. seconds yeah. right and it's you know. an intolerable amount of time to wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's one app out there now that's an agency-based VO app that's act, asking for 30-second demos. So I guess if you're casting off of an app, you probably your, your retention span is down. Yeah, and I can see. With, I can but. definitely see that being the norm in a couple of years. You know, getting it down to, you know, three to four clips on a 30-second. 
yeah. demo. I, I, I can see agents calling for that soon. Where I go away from that is when we get into like TV narration, um, into e-learning, into some longer form stuff. I still do like to kind of push the 90-second envelope on those um, mm. because oh, yeah. I, I feel like, especially as a buyer, and I, I hire, I don't hire a lot of TV narration, but I hire a lot of e-learning work, and I need to know you can sustain a read. I don't want to hear seven second clips. Yeah, I mean, I need I need to know you can keep it going for fifteen or twenty seconds, right? Especially with medical. I yeah. mean, we can't you can't get away with a six second clip no on, way. on medical. No. You know, so no. I I agree wholeheartedly. I want to talk about a slightly difficult subject here. Um, if you're starting out and you get this all singing, all dancing, wonderful, sparkly new demo, but then your your studio setup can't match that you know you you set up all these expectations but then when you deliver the final files in there it doesn't have that sparkle how do you square that Uh, presumably this has to be the demo production has to be part of your your whole service you know you have to offer what you can present in your demo I mean, a lot of to me, a lot of that's on the on the coach and the demo producer. They should there's a, a ethical responsibility on on our parts to make sure that you know if you do a demo with us that you're able to reproduce what you can right. do on your demo. And yeah. you know, the I, Terry's probably the same way because I know you know you're in Minnesota, so I'm sure you have some people who come into the studio. But uh, you know, a lot of people are not in Minnesota. I'm in Luxembourg, so not many people want to come to Luxembourg <laughs> to do demos with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, the vast majority of the demos that I direct, unless I'm in in the states direct one in a studio are uh, from people's home studios. And so, I mean, I, I do multiple rounds of quality control before we get to demo day to make sure that that audio is going to hold up and that you can reproduce what you do on your demo. I mean, I think that that's a, a level one, you know, school of ethics responsibility on the part of the demo producer. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't have it r- quite right, there's, there's definitely more talented engineers than me that can right. help a person. I always recommend uh, you know, my students that they go, you know, to like a Dan or a George mm-hmm. or, you know, other people out there that can really get their, their home sound sounding great. And then coming you know, coming from a newbie perspective, you know, I do, especially when I work with people around the country, I do book them in a, in a professional studio in their area, you know, one that can patch me into direct because of course the quality of the demo is so damn important. Mm-hmm. But then we, you know, we work on the sound from their home setup yeah, and we continue just like the coaching, you know, just like, you know, education coaching never really ends. And, you know, I'm still working on tweaking stuff in my own studio and I've been down here for what feels like a hundred years. Oh, it never ends. Never, you know, never, yeah, ends. never, never ends. There's a new pro. When I, when I got the Apollo twin preamp, it felt like I was starting over again yeah. and I had to mess around with that. And then, you know, that's just my, my kind of my uh, audio OCD kicking in because I can't keep my hands off the knobs um, yeah. So it's uh, that's as far as we want to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you? I to see. I, I like to throw you guys a pitch and see if you can hit it out of the park. Welcome to the yeah. Harvey Weinstein show. But you know, yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> but so you know, it's, we're getting uh, very current affairs yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that also. Um, we're also talking here not necessarily just a technical from a technical standpoint, also the coaching standpoint, because presumably both mm-hmm. of you have really you you hold the talent's hand while they're recording the process and that you're you're mm-hmm. coaxing the performance out and that the talent then has to be able to take that and, and apply it on their own. Is that fair to say? Well, it's fair to say, and that's why we do, you know, a uh, hundred coaching sessions before they even go into the studio to do the demo. Right. You know, it, that goes back to that. And then even after the demo, you know, we, you know, I, again, 
my programs are our mentorship. So we keep working, you know, even long after the demos have been produced. I'm not one to go disappear on an island somewhere <laughs> once uh, somebody has their demo because they're always going to be evolving. And we're probably going to redo it in a couple of years because they're just going to continue to get better as we all do. You know, it doesn't even really matter if you're first starting out, if you, or you've had, you know, 15 to 20 years of experience. We all we're always redoing our own demos and uh, yeah. constantly evolving and. It's just the industry just changes so frequently now where it's just it's it's, you know, that's that needs to happen. So how often do you need to refresh your demos given that I refresh mine every hour? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, part of me, you know, and I don't want to contradict what I'm saying, but, you know, part of me also believes that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, if you're booking, Mm. booking this, that. And everywhere, you know, based on your demo, you know, that that doesn't mean you should really touch and yeah. mess with it. But, you know, I, I just I probably, you know, on a personal level, I probably just mess with stuff too much on my own stuff. <laughs> but where I really all right, everything sounds it's like it's like our sound, like every sound, everything sounds great. Why are you even why do you need another plug in? Or right. why, why are you messing with you know? and and Jamie you uh, uh, Jay Michael I don't know what you use you don't have the Apollo twin preamp but Jamie and I do right yeah um, and it comes with all these glorious preamps built right into it so it's really like owning 50 preamps right yes and mm-hmm. all these flashy little settings you know and, and I have ADD for God's sake <laughs> you know so Squirrel. I'm gonna <laughs> sit there and explore them all and it's like, oh, come on, just leave, leave a good thing alone, will you, buddy? Yeah, the tweakability uh, of the uh, <laughs> technology is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to I want to jump in on uh, what we were talking about before the uh, the refreshing. And uh, by the way, I'm I'm like Terry. I mean, I've got some that I haven't touched in four years. I've got others that I tweak every few months. And I think it's just mm. uh, it is especially when you are a producer, it becomes a bit of a habit after a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, uh, exactly. But but you know, with regard to coaching and you know. And and, and what demo day looks like for talent to me and all you know there's always going to be butterflies when you get in and it's time to do your demo and it's our job to oh, kind yeah. of build you up and, and make sure you feel like you're ready but you should be ready based on the coaching and and if demo day is difficult there's something wrong because demo mm. day should be the end of the process it should be like riding a bike and these reads that you've practiced over and over and over again. um, You know, when we're in director mode at that point, we should be able to pull them out of you with, with ease. So if you get into a situation where you're into your demo day and it's a massive struggle, um, that, that also may be a little bit of a warning sign. Right. Yeah. That means it's just time to go back to, you know, just doing some additional coaching before you're ready. I've had to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. where I thought maybe somebody was, was, was ready. And then, you know, we get about 10 minutes into the session. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. don't be mad at me. But I think we should I think we need to keep working for a few weeks. Yeah. And then just just send you back there, you know, and it's you know, the, the talents will usually thank me in the long run for just, you know, forever taken forever <laughs> to, to get to it. And, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. J- Jamie, Jamie brings Terry and I on and, and you hear lots of us so-called experts on these podcasts and other shows. And don't yep. ever think that we're all 100% holy. We aren't. We make mistakes. No. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we trust me, we've all misevaluated a talent here or there or thought somebody was a little bit ready, but more ready than they actually were. And then we, like Terry said, we get into something and we're like, uh-oh. So if we stop and actually have that conversation with you um you know that's an that's an admission of failure on our part but it's also something that you should take as uh you know as as really coming from the heart because we 
we believe that to push you down that road would be doing a disservice. Well, it's yeah. like it's like if you remember taking behind the wheel driving lessons. Mm-hmm. If the if your instructor had to hit the brake on the passenger side too many times, <laughs> that probably meant that you're really not ready to take the test. Yeah, if they're screaming, that's a bad sign. <laughs> I, 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 I actually, funny story, I actually killed a squirrel within oh. 10 seconds of leaving the garage on my first driving lesson. And, oh my, uh, and my, my instructor was this 70-some-year-old uh, African-American gentleman and uh, really kind of crusty old guy who was just kind of a local legend. And he looked at me, and the first words out of his mouth were, boy, now you done got squirrel gut all over my tires. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I have failed. (laughs) And did you pass first time? We we overcame. Yes, I passed eventually first time. Oh, good. (laughs) But I got the the evil eye from him for the next week. (laughs) My my instructor was, my instructor was like, what are all these weird different hubcaps Sitting in the back seat. I'm like, oh, I, I stole them. <laughs> Along with the car. Yeah, that, uh, that, that didn't make a very good first impression either. <laughs> oh, All right, I was dragging this, him for a while. Dragging this back to demos for a second, because I know yeah, we got, sorry we got a we time constraint. Speaking of ADD, we, I think we got right. a little off track. We actually got a squirrel in there. Yeah, yeah, good, good. That was the most important thing to take out, take away from this. Um, so I want to quickly get a couple of quick more questions, and then I've got a couple of audience questions as well. So I'm, we're going to have to fly through this. Um, so my first question is, how many demos does a talent need, and what should be their first demo? Well, I think it that depends on the talent. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I still strongly believe the commercial narration demo are going to be the king and queen at least mm-hmm. for the for a while but you know we've gotten to the point now where we've got all these i mean i've got like a theme park demo <laughs> you know right. i mean it's like there's so many different niche demos out there you know from on hold message to radio imaging i mean j michael mentioned tv narration i mean narration is really uh is really a galaxy of, of several different planets all by itself yeah. you, know, you got e-learning you got documentary mm-hmm. you've got uh industrial or whatnot and uh it's just it's so much different back when i started it was everybody had the commercial narration demo i still think that's true to an extent yeah but a lot a lot of people need audiobook demos and telephony demos and especially you know radio or television imaging or tv promo uh it's it's really all kind of based on the talent and and what they can do mm. it's very individual and i i think that you know yeah. and, and far be it for a demo producer to say this but you know there is no such thing as too many demos it gets very expensive if you have you know 20 of them but uh mm. the more the more the merrier but at the end of the day yeah. commercial is still king um if you're a character person your character animation video game demo that's also king um you know which mm-hmm. is not something i specialize in but that's uh if that's the road that you're going down um you right. know find one of the demo producers who does and then that's uh that's a must have um the others uh you know i i'm not a huge fan of the catch-all narration demo because as terry said the genres have become so specific over time that buyers who are looking for e-learning don't necessarily want to hear explainer uh you know and, right. and they definitely yeah. don't want to hear tv narration um so i think you want to target it as much as possible but again that's that's something you should be deciding with your coach and if that coach is your demo producer then with them as well and if they have somebody else working that role then then you all collaborate but it is different for everybody but that commercial is still kind of the coin of the realm yeah right agreed 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the case for me. I mean, if you ever go for an agent, they're going to ask for your commercial demo. That's the yeah. first thing they're going to ask for. So, um, Now, the most blunt question of the day goes to this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much should you expect to pay for a demo? I would say seventeen thousand dollars, <laughs> one million dollars. Give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> look, it, look I, you know, we we all want to preserve rates, uh, just like we do with with voiceover jobs among demo producers. Yeah. But um, I, I would say, if anybody's charging you less than a thousand dollars, you should you should kind of ask why um because and then run yeah and then run uh and and that's lower than what i charge but if you know i would say that is just kind of a baseline number if it's anything under that you really should have a a serious question as to what quality you're going to get because i I know terry's the same way i mean it takes time to do these things and we're i mean terry and i both our primary career is as voice actors we're behind the mic most of the time you know the coaching Mm -hmm. and the demo production stuff it's secondary Um, This is in additional time that we have. And so, you know, if we're going to devote that much of our time where we could be out booking voiceover work, which is very lucrative, to producing your demo, there's going to be a price tag associated with it. And, uh, you know, and if you go to people who aren't voice talent, if you go to Chuck, if you go to Nancy, if you go to, you know, um, other well-known demo producers, it's the same thing. They are taking time away from other potential lucrative opportunities to work on your demo there's a reason we charge what we do it's because we're going to give you everything that we have and make it as good as it can possibly be and because our time is valuable at the end of the day yeah well and it's not something we just whip together you know we got 10 extra minutes of our time i mean we'll as i mentioned before it's it's a meticulous process you know i'm changing music around sound effects around i'm using different clips from one spot i mean it's it, it just you know it it can be, I mean, in an exciting way, it's overwhelming. But this is something that can, that takes hours and hours of work. We don't just throw something into Audition yeah. or Pro yeah. Tools and have it done for you. In 10 oh, and, minutes, and the, and the, you script, know? the script writing on top of that is is yeah. an exercise and oh, yeah. you know and real creativity that it, it's not a ten minute process. Yeah, and you don't want it to yep. be a ten minute process. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, it's I knew I had a I had a good feeling that Jay Michael and I would agree on everything, but I was really hoping for a piss match here. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I've got. <laughs> Engage deathmatch demo producers. I think we're I think we're too used to the uh, the VO groups in Facebook. Yeah. I know, I know. I should have brought no, up I'm some s- more controversial subjects. I'm smarter than you. No, I'm smarter than you. I'm, I'm, I've been in this longer than you. I'm a bigger expert than you are. Pod, let's let's uplift each other. Let's have positivity for once. This there, you know, it's it's a funny thing this yeah. business because the, when I first got into this business, it took me a while to kind of find the the VO community and once i did it was always just a very positive and supportive community and i think with so many of the changes we've seen in the industry in the last five years in particular that there has been a little bit more backbiting than there used to be and i Mm. really do hope that we can all at some point just settle down and realize that we are in this together there's more work out there than there is quality talent to do it and we're not we're not terry and i aren't competition there are so many people out there who need demos produced and i've mentioned a couple of other demo producers here you know i don't care go f- do, take all 12 of us do your research and pick the one that you want none of us are going to starve at the end of the day and uh, and you're going to get your money's worth but we're all friends here i could not agree more well i'll have to say that i have um i have asked a number of people onto this podcast and no one has turned around to me and said 
oh, they're, a, they're also a demo producer, so I don't want to go on with them, or they're also a coach, so they're competition of mine. Everyone's been, yeah, let's come on, let's have a chat, let's talk, talk about it. So, you know, that, that, does, that is encouraging. Well, we've all been at the same conferences together, and yeah. You know, it's not like we've, I also, we've all seen each in... other drunk. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something I else. Then. <laughs> I refuse to be in the same room as J. Michael Collins. What a jerk. <laughs> I hear he's a real schmuck, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all want the same thing for our talents. You know, whether, you know, you go to, to, to one or all of us, as long as you're on the right path and, and doing things the correct way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't care who you work with as long as you're working with somebody who, who knows what they're doing and somebody that's, you know, not going to take a load of money out of your pocket and then <laughs> turn around and do a demo for you in seven minutes. Yeah. You yep. know, it's like we're I think we're all on the same page that we really, you know, I mean, they're again, we don't want to again, we don't want to bash competition. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to. I'm going to name seven companies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do that it, would do be it. such a shame. There's, a, <laughs> there's, there's so many people uh, putting people on the wrong path, and we, we just want to make sure that people are, are getting, you know, if you're really passionate about doing this, that people are doing things the right way. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's finish up with one question here from the audience. Um, I've got a question from Jack Thompson. He wants to know, how do you know when you're ready to make a demo and should you make more than one to target certain areas of the industry or have one broad demo? Now, the second part of that question, I think we've answered. So let's focus on the first part. How do you know as a talent when you're ready to make a demo? Well, I think it just goes to what I think you need to put the trust in your coach Mm -hmm. and yourself. If Mm -hmm. both parties are very confident that uh, that you're ready come demo time, don't expect it to happen like, you know, really soon. Um, but you know, five, six, seven months down the road, if uh, your coach feels that you're ready, uh, then I think you need to, I mean, you've paid that coach to tell you that. Right. So you need to put your trust into that coach. Ditto. Okay. That was straightforward. (laughs) Um, so finally, uh, what time does the bar open? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're pretty much done. So, uh, why don't you tell the audience how everyone can get in contact with both of you? Because, uh, I'm sure they're going to inundate you with emails and things after this. So Terry, how do people find you? Well, people can find me on Facebook. You know, I love email, but I, you know, I love using the Facebook messenger. As you know, Jamie, you and I are always shooting the shit all the time and, (laughs) Uh, that, that it's, that's an easy way to at least, you know, start an initial chat, but you can certainly, you know, go through my website, universalvoicetalent.com or email me Terry at universalvoicetalent.com. But I really don't mind the, the Facebook messenger too. You can easily find me. In fact, it's, I think it's facebook.com slash voiceover dude. If you want to find, if we don't know each other already, <laughs> uh, you can, you can find my profile. Uh, that way and your group voiceover camp as well is is a good resource for for talent. yeah yeah a lot a lot a lot of good people in there it's uh it's uh, a lot of good candid information and uh yeah it's definitely you know there there are that's it's funny because we talked about you know things that you have to research and be careful about your research but there's you know there's great voiceover groups on facebook i mean the, the whole forum thing has just exploded both you know on linkedin and facebook and but you have to be careful because you know anybody uh, you know, hobbyists can start a Facebook group too. And sometimes right. there's really bad information in some of them. And you really have to be careful with mm-hmm. certain groups. So you have yeah. to check out who's moderating, you know, what, how much experience do a lot of these people really have? I mean, if you really, so 
I, just I can, stick I can, with I can, J. Michael and myself, <laughs> and you'll be just fine. I, I, can, I can break that down to a very small piece of advice. If there is a Fiverr is a nice place to find work discussion going on, that's probably not the group for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. That's a fair I, assessment. I could not agree more. And, and I like the voiceover dude. Does my, my question is, does the voiceover dude abide? That's what I'm <laughs> always. Gonna, I mean, always. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. <laughs> so, Jay Michael, how do people get in contact with you? Um, I, I like Messenger also, although you may wind up pinging me during a session, which means you may not get an immediate response. So, uh, I live out of my email inbox. Michael at jmcvoiceover.com uh, is the best way to reach me. You can uh, look at my website, jmcvoiceover.com uh, slash demo dash production if you want to see samples of uh, the work that we do. Uh, and uh, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, you, you will be surprised sometimes that I will advise you to go elsewhere if I don't think that I can do something for you that's going to help you find return on your investment. Um, but I'm always happy to take inquiries and uh, would love to hear from you. And thank you, Jamie, for having us on this wonderful podcast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. we got to do it again sometime. Okay, well, you got a bit of everything in that. Comedy, information, squirrel, anecdotes. Uh, What more could you ask for, really? That was uh, a lot of fun. (laughs) It was a lot of fun to be on the call. (laughs) Hopefully it was a lot of fun to listen to as well. Um, But really behind the the fun and the comedy and uh, Terry's wacky personality, (laughs) uh, there was an awful lot of really, really important information there. And yeah, that was that was a really, really good episode. And both of those guests will be back in a future episode, either together or with other people, um, because not only are they demo producers, but they're coaches and they're voice talent. So they've uh, they know they know what they're talking about. Okay, so next week we're going to be talking about networking, and I have assembled a team of people. Now I'm not going to elaborate any more than that, but. Yes, um, if we can pull it off, if everyone can end up available at the same time, we'll have a bit of a team of people to discuss this subject, um, which seems appropriate talking about networking, um, which is uh, which is exciting. So if you have any questions about networking, get in touch because it's an important subject. Um, networking not only with your peers, but also industry professionals, be that coaches or producers or casting people or, you know, you name it so yeah that's our next episode and if i can pull it off we'll have a fairly sizable group of people talking about that okay anyway i'm sort of running out of energy here so before i bore you to death we'll call it a day i'll see you next time thanks thank you to terry daniel and j michael collins thanks also to backstage magazine join us next week for another class